Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 8 of Miss Pym's Camouflage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Pym's Camouflage by Lady Dorothy Stanley. Chapter 8. A great silence fell, and Miss Pym was alone. She leant her cheek against the grey bark of the hoary oak, and again felt that sense of desolation which had seized her the night before. This will never do, General Pym, she said to herself. You have got to carry this through. She sat down between the big straggling roots of the protecting oak, and went over her instructions. She should cross to the German lines about four o'clock. It was not yet two. Miss Pym decided not to walk about the wood. She knew her direction from the oak, and by the oak she would sit till the fateful hour. The sun was very hot. The old tree was too bald with age to afford her much shelter from the sun, but she would not leave its rough protecting breast. So, leaning there, Miss Pym fell asleep, a deep dreamless sleep from which she was awakened by the vicious scream of a jay. Much startled, she stared round her. Where was she? What had happened? Then it all flooded back on her. It was time, time to set out on the great adventure. She stood up against the oak, leant back her head, and disappeared. But fully to satisfy herself, she brought out a small pocket mirror. Yes, she had disappeared. There was no reflection. Then taking out her compass, she started off, just as her watch marked four o'clock. She went easily and softly on the elastic moss. The old grandpapa, oak had disappeared and the wood was thinning suddenly she came upon lines and lines of french soldiers lying in the bracken peering down a slope on to open country and there below she saw the white edging of the trenches everywhere now the wood seemed alive and watchful under bowers of growing trees tied together at the top were colossal guns approached by platforms decorated with branches freshly cut. The men were talking and laughing, quite at ease. There was no firing on either side, only acute watchfulness. Miss Pym decided to walk down the slope, trembling as she nearly stumbled over a poilu hidden in the fern. Down she scrambled to the transverse cuttings, leading to the trenches. She found it difficult to pass, men ran into her and stared about trying to see what had obstructed them 
Sometimes she slipped into the entrance of a dugout or flattened herself against a parapet, till at last she faced that sad open stretch where no man may show himself and live. Miss Pym gazed and gazed at the desolate scene, wondering how she would mount the parapet and how she could possibly get through the inextricable entanglement of barbed wire. She had a wire-cutter in her handbag, but what a formidable task! How was she to cut the wire without attracting attention, and when cut, how would she be able to get through the entanglement in a skirt? She had expected neat, taut stretches of barbed wire, which with a snip-snap she could walk through, but this and then on the german side it would be as bad or worse it was useless to wait for darkness she must get through whilst it was daylight whilst she could see where she was going and what she was doing noticing rough steps a little way down the trench which led up to the parapet she made her way thither and mounted but on the other side was a ditch and no easy descent miss pym walked a long distance till she came to an inward curve with rough steps leading down descending cautiously she came up to a hedge of wires held up at intervals by rough posts and staves miss pym had been taught how to cut wire by some of sir hugh douglas staff but her hand trembled as she started cutting the barbed wire which sprang up when cut and seemed to defy her nevertheless she worked on steadily the sun was still very fierce and french and german appeared too tired and sleepy to move miss pym was dreadfully afraid that the sound of the clippers would start the french firing once she was afraid that inadvertently she had reappeared the hedge of wire negotiated she found herself in a dead grey waste pitted with great shell-holes filled with muddy water the limitless desolation appeared as the negation of mind and purpose nothing had shape or meaning or even colour what most struck miss pym was not the presence of death so much as the absence of intelligence and order there was not a germ of life or growth promise of fruit nor progress only sunken heaps of clothing marked where men had fallen as in a dream miss pym passed along this land of nevermore till she found her advance stopped by another hedge of wire more toothed and thicker than what she had already dealt with her hands ached with clipping and her cutter was blunted she thought of going back to the french lines but no that would never do miss pym had come out for a purpose till that was accomplished there was no retreating so she resolutely tackled the german wire loud songs and the tinkle of a zither covered the sound of the cutter at last she was through and mounting the parapet she looked down on rows of men stout perspiring young germans playing at cards or singing quite in an off-duty sort of way some however were still dangerously alert and miss pym felt that her position was precarious she looked about her for some means of descending without attracting too much attention when suddenly quite near her a sniper fired his rifle 
and in her fright down dropped Miss Pym on to four sleeping Huns, bringing with her part of the parapet. In a moment the wildest confusion reigned. The soldiers began firing quite recklessly. Officers came rushing out of dugouts, buttoning their tunics, their faces white, their eyes bulging, asking in short guttural barks what had happened. One man appeared with his hands up, thinking those pig-dogs of French had taken the trench. All this confusion favoured Miss Pym's escape, but she was well within range of the French seventy-five guns, and therefore did not feel safe till she had put some miles between herself and the trenches. What a day of emotions and fatigue! She must choose some resting-place for the night, but where should she go? The poor French peasants would be far too terrified to give her shelter, and too poor and hungry to give her food. Miss Pym was surprised to find French villages intact. It is true the Huns occupied all the more well-to-do houses, but the poor little Chaumière still had roofs and windows. Miss Pym did not realize that these towns and villages of eastern France had been occupied since 1914, the Germans coming down like a wolf on the fold. A few cavalrymen had dashed down upon the place, followed by goose-stepping Uhlans, or Bavarians, or other regiments, all trained to ruthlessness and cruelty. The gardens were cultivated, the fields promised rich crops, because old men, women, and children were all enslaved to work for the cruel, rapacious Bosch. Miss Pym could hardly believe her eyes. Here were trees heavy with fruit, yet to ripen, wheat and oats already knee-deep. Were the French happy and prosperous after all? But she was not long in uncertainty. Entering the village, she saw a crowd of German soldiers, all red-faced and vociferous. Some were scowling, others were laughing, the men laughing, the more terrible and menacing they held a young girl by the arms which they twisted behind her the girl was barefooted and wore a coarse apron of sacking her head was bent and her hair fell loose and heavy like a veil the girl was about to become a mother miss pym walked straight up to her and in a loud clear voice cried in french have courage my child the bon dieu will not forsake you the girl shook back her mane and looked round. Her emaciated face shone with the perspiration of terror. Her lips were as white as her cheeks. The brutal men stopped their ribald talk, still twisting the girl's arms. Miss Pym walked round amongst them, saying mockingly in German, So this is German Kultur. Every man who harms a woman or a child or an old man shall die he is doomed you are all doomed miss pym kept on moving round the girl repeating to the germans you are doomed the men looked at each other much frightened then without warning as happens in a wild panic they let go of the girl and scattered the girl slid like a lizard into a little house and miss pym stood alone in an abandoned village street in the gathering twilight End of chapter 8
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.